Welcome to the Autumn Winter Series, which includes conversations with amazing guests, including Jenny, our chef, on her journey and the new menu, our nature expert, Mark Wallace, on his developing role at the nursery, James McGough, one of the nursery founders, on his incredible career and his now retirement, wellness guru and author Madeline Shaw on parenting, actress and founder of Omanar London, Claire Cooper, on her journey as a new mum, and Jess from The Sea Within to discuss all things mindfulness. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, we highly recommend going back and checking those out too. Today's guest is Mark Wallace. He is the maintenance and nursery support member of the team at Back to the Garden Childcare. He began as the contract gardener and his role has developed into so much more than that. He's now working with the children, encouraging them to grow veggies, plants, flowers and willow. He collaborates with Jenny, our chef in the kitchen, in using our own produce for meals and has turned the teepee into a forest school space and helps run the tool shed. The founders funded his forest school training. He's also hugely influential in developing the outdoor space at the new nursery coming soon in Lynn. Today we discuss his journey and how and why he joined our nursery team, his forest school training, the seasonal offerings from the garden, his plans for the nursery, current activities with children, forest school tips for parents for autumn and winter, and the exciting developments for the Back to the Garden future as we branch out in a new area, and so much more. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. So welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you so much for coming in today on this very rainy autumnal day. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a switch has been flicked overnight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, we'll get fully into the seasons yeah, and everything definitely. later. Yeah. The first question that we ask all our guests is what's your earliest childhood memory or a pivotal moment for you during your childhood? Earliest memory for me is um, visiting my grandparents when I was really little. I was probably four-ish, that kind of age, and they lived down in Hertfordshire. I can remember being in the car going down there and I can just got vivid memories of, like, the kitchen and doing some stuff with my granddad in the conservatory. Um, he, he, he used to do bits of woodwork and stuff, so I can remember doing that with him because um, I can remember trying to saw a piece of wood and we were there for ages. So, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That cycled back mm. around that you, that's something yeah. that you're into. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Love yeah. that. Love that story. Thank you for sharing. Um, and what about your early years education? Do you remember much about that? I can't really remember that. I can remember my first day at school. Yeah. Um, because I can remember telling everybody that I was four. That bit I can remember. And then a weird one was. There was a girl in our year called Lorraine, who is Lorraine at the nursery. What? Yeah, we were at the really? same. We were at the same primary school. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, she was in the other class. Yeah. What yeah, a small it world. It's a really small world. Yeah. Gosh, that's a great story. Yeah, that just sort of came out. Um, it, it was just when we were at work one day, just yeah. chatting, and you talk about which schools you were at, because um, Lorraine, so she lives where well, she lives at the back of where we live mm -hmm. um but childhood she was only two minutes down the road so we kind of knew school wise we'd been pretty much close with you know with which which schools we'd gone to how mm. interesting Love yeah small world yeah really really small oh that's a great story thank you thank you for sharing that too um and obviously with your early years education then if you if you can't quite remember it things like the memory with your granddad mm. that's 
you know, it's not just about whether you were in childcare or like it's the people that were around you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spent a lot of time with where we didn't see. It was my grandparents down down south. I think that's probably why that one sticks out because we didn't see them that often until they moved. They moved north, probably three. um, Trying to think when it would been. Very early 80s, I would say. Um, But my other grandmother, we spent a lot of time with her, yeah. And what was the wisdom that she kind of passed on? She was was a a matron at Sale Girls Grammar School. So she was always sort of looking after us and yeah, yeah. And were you outdoors a lot as a kid? Um, Yeah, we probably were. um, Because family holidays were always, they were always UK, um... Early on, we used to we used to go and stay on a farm, and I can remember we, it was just used to be we'd arrive and then just go and do your own thing. So I'd just sort of go and disappear with my sister, and then we'd just go out and wander around and go and see the animals, and then come back when it was time for lunch or tea, mm-hmm. and then go back out. And so yeah, we were always outdoors, and uh, we always used to go and find um, a river and uh, play in the river build a dam, all the usual stuff, that kind of thing. Love that. Yeah. So the outdoors was there from the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, probably was, yeah. 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 So I'm aware you've got kids. So yes. how old are they? Millie's 23 and Louis 11. So a little bit of an age gap. Okay. <laughs> and um, and that, like, relationship that you have with the outdoors, have you kind of introduced that to them from a yeah. early age? Um, it came later with Millie. She was very much, when she was younger, if, she got dirt on her or mud she was yeah didn't like that but then once she got probably 13 or 14 um they started doing the duke of edinburgh award at school so she got involved with that then she got got involved with the cubs being a young leader then she went to uni and she did a a trek on uh, across the himalayas to everest base camp so she sort of evolved slowly and then went for the big one Mm -hmm. whereas louis he's oh he's he's always loved the outdoors yeah he's uh he started well beavers cubs now scouts um yeah he's and he's, he's just come back from a camp so, and yeah. you're a scout cub, cub, cub leader. You're a cub, cub leader. leader. Yeah. Cub leader. Yeah. When did you get into that? Um, was it a natural evolution? It was three years ago. It was when Louis was joining cubs, yeah. and he he he's he's not the most confident boy, and didn't want to go on his own, and they really needed some help. So I said, "Well, I'll come with you for a few weeks." That was three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh. So let's move into back to the garden now yeah. and about when you joined the team. You began as a contract gardener looking after the grounds and now you've become a key member of the team working in the rooms, working with the children. How did it all begin and can you share your personal connection to the nursery? It's It started back probably, I've been doing the garden for two and a half years uh, and it was literally just keeping the front bit straight, you know, the, the beds around the car park, keeping the car park tidy. And then at the back, I used to come in at weekends mainly when uh, when it was closed and do it then. And then it kind of just evolved that I was just coming in a little bit more often. And then at Christmas, it was decided that they needed somebody a little bit more regularly. So a message came back, do you fancy doing it? sort of a bit more coming in sort of a day a week so it's, yeah okay I'll do a day a week which went to two which went to four and we'll go to five 
So, yeah, and then it was sort of just joining in with the kids. We we were planting the planters sort of in spring. And I don't know, it was just being with the, with the kids helping. Mm-hmm. It just made it so different and they're just so much fun. Rather than being at the weekend where you don't see yeah. any of the kids. Yeah. Um, and your personal connection to the nursery? Uh, my wife has been there since, the well, day one. Where Sally. We, Sally, yes. Yeah. yeah, where the nursery is, we, we walked our dog there. Um, when it was a field, <laughs> and then, connected to the land. yeah, and then we we saw sort of the fences go up, and then there was a sign that said that there was a nursery being built, and Sally said uh, she said I'm going to work here because it's like literally th- five minutes from our house. So yeah, she did some homework, found out who it was, and went from there. And yeah. then when you heard about it, so what was she telling you about the nursery? Just because. Sally's been in childcare for thirty oh, something years. She'll kill me when she when I, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's worked in a lot of nurseries. But she said, "Back to the garden is the best one she's ever worked at. It's just she said it's just the whole atmosphere. Yeah, it's, she she loves it. Yeah." And when you were hearing that, and then eventually, you know, when they came along that they needed somebody to work the outside, what what did that kind of feel like for you? It was, um, I think, it was more because. When I've gone down, I never felt like a contractor. You sort of felt like you were part of it already, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it was, it was just nice. Yeah. That's where the nursery does have a family feel. Mm. Like there's so many connections in the nursery yeah. as well. Yeah. It's a mother and daughter working there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, even with the the founders, mum and dad, yeah. and I'm doing yeah. this, like there's lots of um, family connections. Yeah, it is. It's really sort of family orientated. Yeah. It's nice. And for even people that aren't connected, like that relate, that aren't related, mm. for everyone it feels like that closeness. Yeah, yeah. Everyone almost looks out for each other. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's really, nice. really special. Thank you for yeah. sharing that Sorry. story. <laughs> um, we're so pleased that you that all of that happened and that you're part of it. Your role is really important in the nursery and it's exciting seeing how it's developing. So um, one of our previous guests, Mary McLaughlin, yeah. the founder of the Wood School, so we've interviewed her before, she ran a willow training workshop yes. back in May. yes. What was this experience like for you? Because you took part in it, didn't you? And how how is the willow doing in the nursery? The willow's uh, the willow's doing well. It's it's survived its first year because of course we had all the dry weather, and when it's first planted, it needs a lot of water. So we were watering it daily uh, to just try and get it going and get it thriving. The dome at the back of the TP that's going to need a little bit of attention over the winter, just putting it back together because the toddlers and the preschool sort of do like to walk round it and hold on to it. And yeah, it's uh, some of it uh, just needs putting back to where it needs to be, but we can sort that. Yeah. But yeah, um, other than that, it's, it's going really well. The training day was really good because it was... Obviously, we ju- we were just coming out of lockdown, so no one had seen anybody for months, and it was just so nice to be around people again. And mm. um, we were all outdoors because there was Anne came with me, uh, Anne Statham and Emily, yeah. one of the other nursery yeah. nurses, and it was the three of us. We we thought it'd be really really technical, and it's not. It's so simple. So for planting the willow, you've got a window from I think it's November to March, something like that, to plant it, and then you just literally make a hole, put it in. And that's it. That easy. And it's that easy, yeah. And then just keep it watered. Yeah, I love seeing the pictures of you you guys. And did, was it Emily that, 
that did a butterfly? Um, was she weaving, or was that it later? It was uh, dragonflies. Dragonflies. Yeah, she. I, th- I think she went on YouTube or something, but they are amazing. Yeah. Because yeah, there's two in the garden at nursery. So the benefits of working with Willow, what would you say are the top top benefits? It's simple. It's it's easy to do, and you can get some good results from it quite quickly. And then it's 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 long term really because if you look after it, it'll just improve year on year. So we've got a tunnel and a dome. So once that starts thickening out in the next couple of years, it's it's a sort of a long term project for the kids. They've got they'll have a bit of a den at the back of the um, at the back of the teepee, which is completely natural. Because Anne talked about, because Anne Statham was on mm. the podcast too, she talked about how important it is for children to have these little places they can yeah. go and have some quiet time, yeah. take themselves off, yeah, um, like hidden spaces. Mm. So I guess it's like the teepee and the shed, they're, they're like spaces you can go and be sheltered, mm. um, but to have little natural places that are sheltered, yeah. Quiet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really cool. And the one thing we have—excuse <coughs> me—we have noticed is um, now the gardens open back up. The the older children are all congregating to the back of the teepee to that area where the dome is because they didn't have access to it before. Right. So yeah. they're wanting to go off and mm. have their own like yeah. private time. Yeah, you quite often find the preschool children around the back of that that area. Yeah, because yeah. she said it's a really important part of their world the nursery being at nursery can be quite full on and you've got to mm. be able to have the places you can go where yeah. where you can choose to be in a different space mm. so that's really special so it's easy to use if you take care of it it gives back yeah it, it gives us as, as much as you put in it will give it back to you great yeah love love that my dog's called willow <laughs> as well yes. another reason why it's great <laughs> okay so the so Continuing with your journey, the nursery founders then decided to fund your forest school training. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So how is that going? Where are you up to with that? And um, can you share some of the projects that you've been working on, the skills you've been developing and what's inspiring you? So yeah. um, the the initial training was in, that was in July. So that was like a five days intensive training, which was, it was in Sandyway, not far from Delamere Forest which was, that was absolutely brilliant. It was so much information and so many skills to learn in five days. You sort of got to the end of it and you're thinking, where do I start? And then you got your portfolio through to, to start on. And then it's, it's the way they've done it. You sort of, you work through it section by section and then you go, oh yeah, I remember doing that. And I remember doing that. So it's, yeah, that's been really good. Um, skills wise, we did uh, a lot of work with tools, so using bow saws, uh, loppers, uh, knives to whittle wood, a bill hook, which I'd never heard of, which is basically like, it almost looks like a big meat cleaver. Mm. It's used for splitting wood. Um, so we, we learned all the techniques on how to use those safely and how to teach others how to use them. Not tying with ropes. Thank goodness I'm a cub leader because that bit was that bit was all right for me. Um, shelter building, um, fire lighting, and cooking on fires. And then you went through all the educational side and the holistic side for the kids, which for me was a whole new world. I was so far out of my comfort zone; it wasn't true. So I'd never ever done anything like that before. So yeah, that that's taken some unraveling. Yeah. Yeah. And how. Ha- 
How does it adapt for older children to early years? Was that part of the course or was that something that you've learned afterwards? <clears throat> the one thing that they, they sort of said was with Forest School, it's, the learner can be any age from a baby up to a 90-year-old person. It's There is no age limit on it. And is this one of the things where we're, we're almost too cautious when, about risk-taking, that healthy risk-taking that's really important for children's development? Yeah, we probably, as as, yeah. Yeah, we probably are because I know it's... When I was younger, we used to go and climb trees and yeah. make rope swings and things like that. But the kids now, they don't tend to do it as much. And it's, like, oh, don't get dirty and, you know, that that kind of thing. So it's it's almost like going full circle. Yeah. It's a, another um, episode we had <coughs> Kath Larkin on mm. and she um, she has a school where there's healthy risk-taking involved. And they, mm. she said how how lovely it is to have real fire yeah. and have the children gather around real fire, but that's something that people might think, oh, real fire? Yeah, yeah. But it's great. These things are really good to just introduce them to. Absolutely. And obviously be careful. Like, yeah. That's the skills of the yeah. the person working yeah. with the children is to have that awareness. Yeah. But allow the children a bit of freedom. Absolutely, because if, if, if they've not experienced it, they don't know the risk. So if they don't know the risk, they don't know how to how to manage that risk. So if you're doing it in a safe safe way that you've been trained to do, for example, with the fire, you have your fire and then you have a perimeter around the fire first, which is like a hot zone. So you don't go into the hot zone. And then anyone who sat around the fire is at least two metres away from the fire. Um, and you go around the fire circle in one direction. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all done yeah. yeah, really, it's really safe. Yeah. Love that. We're taking a short break from this fascinating episode to introduce today's amazing sponsor, Kit and Kin. They are trailblazers in the nappy world and we are proud users of them in our nursery. Can you believe that the third largest contributor to landfill is disposable nappies? In the UK alone, we go through 8 million every day. With climate change clearly having an impact, Kit and Kin have given us an eco-friendly alternative to take care of our baby's bottoms and our planet at the same time. Their multi-award-winning nappies are made using plant-based, sustainable materials, as well as being unbleached and dioxin-free. They are clinically tested to ensure they're hypoallergenic and approved by dermatologists, and they come in the cutest animal designs. To make this company even more incredible, for every 10 subscriptions, they fund the purchase of one acre of threatened rainforest through the World Land Trust. Head over to kittenkin.com and use the discount code BABY20, specially created for our listeners to receive 20% off their first subscription order. They have a range of wipes, skincare and baby wear too. Now back to the discussion. Okay, so the teepee has become an incredible forest school space so you kind of taken over the teepee haven't yeah, you yeah kind of hijacked it yeah <clears throat> let's hear about what's happening in the teepee maybe if you give us like a a verbal tour of it just take us around the teepee and what's there and so um i i initially i cleared everything out of there and then i sort of had it in in my mind how i wanted it in that it would forest school would start from the teepee so the whichever group of children were coming could come out of the room, come downstairs, we go into the teepee and we go from there. So we've got made some coat stands, uh, wellies in there, um, and then we've got a table in there and chairs. 
some big cushions and then I've built a big table in the middle out of pallets so we can just go in there and whatever we find we can bring back and go through so yeah um so yeah so the idea is we go from there they get changed in there then we go out come back get coats coats off wellies off uh, and then lunch in there story have a chat about what we've done and then so forest school starts and ends there yeah that's that's kind of what i want it to do yeah so yeah. it's like the base yeah the base camp yeah for, yeah for forest, for forest school. school yeah <laughs> and is there do you have any further visions for anything else that you'd like to bring in or is that kind of is it feeling like it's where you want it to be? it's sort of like a black uh uh, blank canvas at the minute because we've I've hung up loads of it's almost like rigging on ships like cargo nets yeah so what I want to do is try and get photos up there anything we find just fill it really with the stuff that the kids have done the kids have found so is it's it is its own thing almost it becomes their space yeah. too yeah they're part of creating it so it's the foundations the blank the blank canvas yeah is there and now it'll just evolve it, yeah organically. it's just gonna evolve yeah yeah Wonderful. Can't wait to see it. I'd love to see some pictures and then we'll share them on the social yeah. media. Yeah. Um, and also, so you've got the teepee, but you've also got the shed. So what's the shed and how is that evolving and what's going on in there? In the, um, do you mean the woodwork shed or yeah. the... The wood. The wood shed. The wood shed, but what's the other... Sh- the, well, the other shed is, uh, that was originally going to be the forest school shed, but it was a little bit small. So that's going to be like the repair shop. So if anything gets broken, it it goes to the repair shop with me and then it comes back out fixed, hopefully, and then back out. Another so, another string to you. Yeah, bear. <laughs> yeah. So over the summer, um, we've been refurbishing dolls' houses and repainting bikes and things like that. So that's, that's that shed. Uh, and the gardening stuff stays in there as well. So, uh, yeah. Um, so but, in-house repairman is yeah, another name, another title for yeah. you. There's lots of branches of yeah. different skills and roles that you play in the nursery. Yeah, yeah. Love that. So then it means that the the things aren't leaving the nursery or going into landfill. It's getting fixed and brought back in. And then in. we bring it back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So um, and then we've got the the woodshed, which when I first when I first joined, uh, Lorraine asked me if I'd get involved with that. I was like. Yeah, kids woodwork. I know I used to do it when I was younger. But I'd so when I started going in there with the kids, um, it was with the older ones that were going to school. So we're talking sort of May, June. They were leaving end of uh, July or end of August to go to school. So they'd gone through the whole training process with Helena, who the nursery nurse that had done the initial sort of training with them. So I did the training course to to teach them and then I went in there and was just amazed at what they could do. They were, you know, they're sawing wood, they're uh, hammering nails, screws, drills, like the, it's the hand drill with the, you know, with the handle on. Yeah. Yeah. But they know exactly what they're doing and they they know they've got to be safe in there. Like one thing they've got... Um, when the sawing, it's it's in a, the, the woods in the vice, and then we've we'd marked off a zone around it that if someone was using the saw, you didn't go in there. Not so much for the safety of the, the saw; it was so as they didn't get an elbow in the face because yeah. they really go oh, for yeah. it you get from the sawing action. Yeah, what they were. So it's another perimeter. So mm. it's that awareness. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and they also knew that when they went into the woodshed, they had to they had to be sensible. But they love it. 
They absolutely love it. Yeah. And some of the stuff that's come out of there, two of the boys, Toby and Alfie, they made a crane. That's actually in the reception. I've seen yeah. that, yeah. They made a crane. Alfie's last creation before he went to school was Santa's sleigh with reindeer and presents. That was just the best. I saw that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we shared that on story. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, he spent two days making that. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else they made. Is there a sign as well that the children have made? Yeah, we've got, uh, there's two signs in there and it's one says Helena's shed and the other one says Mark's shed because we, <laughs> we kind of share it. <laughs> and then we've got, um, we do a risk assessment every time we go in. So we've got to, uh, we've got to check everything's in the right place, all the tools, make sure that the floor's all nice and clean. And the last thing that they have to check for is spiders. That's on the risk assessment. We have to check for spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that one? That was Helena. Yeah, yeah. Helena said, we need to check for spiders. So, <laughs> so it's great because the kids get involved with doing the risk assessment as well. Including the looking for spiders. Including the looking for spiders, yeah. So what do you think are the benefits then of empowering them? Like, what, what have you seen... Um, the main benefits? It builds a confidence. They, they progress all the time. They, they start off literally pushing pins into corks and then a few weeks later, they're building a crane or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's good for the confidence. Um, they, they learn to cooperate with each other as well because they've got to share and, um, and they, they know they've got to be sensible. So, yeah, it's, it is, it's sort of all those kind of things, really. And these... The early years, I guess it's so important that children experience these things and and become more empowered. It's like they're careful because they know they know the yeah. whole picture. Yeah. And they, they, so they won't push it because mm. they know they won't do something that's dangerous or they, they know they're empowered. And I think that's such an important thing for them growing up mm. as adults, like as you leave and go to school, like to have learned that at nursery. Yeah. It's amazing. And they're not too young. No. And I think that's the thing that people might think, oh, they're too young to do that, but they're not. No, they're not. It's, and I can honestly say in, how long have I been going in there? What, we May, June, July, August, September. So four months, not seen a single injury. They've literally nothing. Um, you might get the odd where they miss the nail and hit the finger. That's that's about it. Yeah. And they are, they're, they're absolutely But they brilliant. won't do that again. <laughs> no, and they don't. And normally that's because they've taken their eye off what they're doing and gone like that. And then they'll go, oh, I've hurt my finger. And say, you need to watch what, you, watch what you're doing. And they do. They're back on it. Yeah. And they just go from there. I love it. Yeah. I love hearing all about all about these spaces and the things that you're doing with them. So then another thing that you've done, so we're talking about the outside teepee with the sheds, sheds plural now, and then we've got your developing relationship with Jenny in the kitchen. Right, And yeah. so how things are developing with what you're growing outside. I'd love to hear more about what you're growing. I've got it written down what we grew this year because I can't remember. Um... And how you're, yeah, how you're working with Jenny. So this year we grew some runner beans and we we had some garlic growing. Uh, that was actually Harjeet, Jenny's assistant. She was teaching the kids how to grow the garlic bulbs. Oh, amazing. And they were great. We had some carrots, some peppers, some tomatoes, some courgettes, and then we got three apple trees at the end as well. So, yeah... Uh, so yeah it's um working we... with jenny so like so that this is another thing it's 
it's keeping things in house as yes. much as possible. Obviously, our food we we do have to bring in from suppliers a lot mm. of the food, but then to be able to make things in house and children to see that journey from growing something to then ending up on their plates. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been involved in the kitchen as well, the children. So yeah, we had the... seeing that journey. Yeah, yeah, we had the kids take over the kitchen day. So that was sort of Jenny and I, we took charge of that. So Jenny sort of set up a sort of a workstation with with each unit. So we had a, a section in the garden. We, we built a little outdoor kitchen. And then upstairs, the preschool were making, I think it was banana cake. No, banana bread they were making. And um, uh, toddlers were fruit kebabs mm-hmm. so they they were funny the toddlers because they were eating it whilst trying to make it at the same time <laughs> which was great and the the banana bread was just trying to get the kids involved was funny because um they were they were watching they were very conscious of the photographer that was there so yeah because we we took pictures because it was it was this big day that's mm. part of um the young chefs academy yeah has it came up with it mm. um so yeah, the, there was a photographer there catching the moment. Yeah. So yeah. what were they? They were getting distracted by him. A little bit, and they were just a little bit. Oh, who are you? So you know, stranger in the camp almost. Yeah. Um, so getting them, to, getting the kids to relax. So the pictures are brilliant. Yeah. Well, the um, the banana bread was in the end. We were like, right, let's just get some flour going and and see if we can get them to relax a bit. I remember the the, the, the photographer said something like, you know. Can we, can we, you know, can we, can we really get this flower going, get them to liven up? Next thing I know, Hannah, the unit leader, flower over my top of my head. I was covered. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that worked. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, the kids thought that was great. Great yeah. idea from Hannah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking on her feet. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so the kitchen takeover was huge success yeah so all the different rooms all the different ages were involved yeah. in their own way and um yeah we've got some fantastic pictures of that so we'll we'll be sharing those on social media as well w- what do you find the children them seeing that they've grown their food and mm. then actually eating it have you noticed like how they feel about that do they get a sense of pride maybe the same with the shed and when they've made a creation yeah they, they do their... they do because they the the runner beans were a massive success they, we got loads and loads off there. In fact, we, we just sort of sat and picked them one afternoon. It's huge bowl full. And then they were getting the beans out. And and then it was when they were realising, oh, yeah, we eat those. Um, yeah, they were. It was, it was good. And they did. They got a sense of achievement. Because I said to them, if you remember, we planted those seeds. And the older ones were like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that. That's so it, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think so much is prepped in mm. supermarkets and we yeah. don't realize the journey yeah and that's incredible for them to be learning that mm. at such a young age where yeah. their food comes from and, and that they were actually involved in making their food yeah. yeah yeah so it's exciting um so thinking about food and the season so you've shared some of the things that you've been harvesting and growing what are we harvesting right now it's just been the at the point where we're recording it's just been the autumn equinox so we're in autumn now what are you kind of harvesting now and what's still gonna we've grow? we've pretty much um because the the kids take over the kitchen day sort of pretty much wiped out everything that we'd grown for this year so we're kind of almost at a, a transition stage now for going into the winter but got one eye on spring 
Yeah. So that's that's sort of the plans for the next couple of weeks is to get the planters cleared, and we've got we've got some long thin planters as well, which each of the units they're having one of those each to be responsible for. They can paint paint the planter if they want, but then they're going to grow something in it as well. So that's great. Yeah. So each unit has its own. Yeah, and then I'll. I'll look after the rest of them. Great. So a big thing we want to do next year is wildflowers for the bees, bee-friendly plants. That's going to be the uh, the way forward for us next year. Because you've got a bee stop. Yes, you? it's currently on, on the roof of the shed at the side just for the winter. Um, and then I'm going to move it around sort of early spring um, and it's going to go on the roof at the front over reception. Yeah. Um, we've got some more trays as well which I'm going to get planted up over um, next month, which will go up there with them. Yeah. So it should, yeah, that should be pretty so good. We're helping out the bees, yeah, our yeah. friends. Do the children yeah. like the bees? They do, yeah. yes. They understand yeah. what their jobs, yes. job is. Yeah, yeah. You quite often uh, they'll point them out and, uh, yeah, a buzzy bee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the Bug Hotel, how's that doing? The Bug Hotels, uh, that's really thrived this year. That was one afternoon. I'd not been there long and um, we decided that we'd move the book hotel. So we literally took it to pieces, moved it, and then it was a case of putting it all back together. So I think it was three or four of the preschool children came and helped me do it. And then we planted all the roof, but we we had packets of seeds. We had bedding plants in there, grass, garlic, you name it. It just got literally thrown in but it looked brilliant it, and it did really really well so i noticed the roof just looked in, incredible like yeah huge flowers growing it yeah. looks like almost like a hat yeah yeah it was it <laughs> this, was this wild crazy hair yeah it was great because it wasn't planned yeah so it was just uh, what the kids wanted to do with it and they were just tipping seeds in so yeah so we're going. I'm going to try and get get some plants in that over the winter, just to give it a bit of colour. Yeah. But that's what uh, that's going to be another uh, wildflower area. So, so wildflowers, vision for the future. Yeah. Perhaps one eye on spring. So yeah. Bulbs, so bulbs going bulbs, in. Bulbs need to go in. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the units is looking at doing a herb garden as well. So that'll be good. Great. Because that can then connect with Jenny with the kitchen. Yes. So And it's so sensory, herbs mm, aren't they? Because the smells. Yeah, yeah. And then preparing for winter, yeah. clearing. So it's clearing. lots of things on the go. Yeah, yeah. Autumn is that time of year where there's multiple things happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. And it's so nice that you're creating things that the children can see all year round. So mm. in winter season to have something on the book hotel that they can observe. Yeah, some kind of winter plant. Yeah, yeah. So there's always something in the garden. It's not all completely, yeah, that's, you know, that's, one season. Mm, yeah. Something the, in each season. Yeah, my plan is to just try and keep it rolling so there's something all the time. Yeah. That's, that's the plan. Okay, so what would you say are the main key benefits of Forest School Inspired Learning? The benefits are it is they get self-awareness, self-regulation, self-motivation, empathy and social skills. So it's... When they go out into the forest, they're in an outdoor learning environment, but then they're learning all these skills without realising that they're doing it, basically, just by going and finding their own way. And it's done, you use you go with the same group of children over a period of time, um, so you can monitor the progress week on week and sort of see how they evolve from it. Yeah. Yeah, and what they learn. So it's, it's like every child... 
if if only every child could get that experience yeah. because it's so important. Mm, totally, yeah. Um, the outdoor classroom. Yeah. So how have you benefited from the Forest School inspired learning that you you that you were taught and that you're now teaching? What are the benefits you feel? The benefits, I would say, are exactly the same as the children get because you, you as, a, as, as the Forest School leader are also a learner and anyone else that comes out with you are also a learner. So you, it's the whole, literally the whole thing is everybody's learning um, because you kind of, you just, your session plan is you put in place what you kind of want to do, yeah. uh, but just keep it very, very flexible and then just see which way it goes yeah. and then just, just go with it um, and don't put any time limits on it. That's the big key. So it's not a, right, we're going to go out nine till 10. We'll, we'll, we'll have a start point. We'll go out at nine and then we'll come back when we're done. Yeah. Um, if it's 10, it's 10. If it's 11, it's 11. There is, there's no time limit on it. So, yeah. That's great. It can be its own thing. Yeah. It runs its own course. Mm. And um, I like that, that the practitioner is rewarded too. There's a quote that my mum, Jeannie, the founder, mm. um, always likes to use by Ram, Ram Das, and it's we're all just walking each other home. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 So this is amazing everything that you're sharing, all that's going on at the nursery and how much your role's developed. Because I think I, I asked you what what the title of your role is. What is it? Well, the the original title was um, Maintenance and Nursery Support, but it's it's changed a little bit. It's morphed into so many things. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah, you're the forest, forest school... Forest school leader. Leader. Yeah. Um, um, nature expert. Gardener. Um, food grower. Food grower. I've been known <laughs> Repairman. To, repairman. I've been known to be in the kitchen helping Jenny with the washing up. Yeah, you're in the um, room I help sometimes. with the room sometimes, yeah, if they're short of cover. So that's that's been good fun, actually. Yeah, yeah so you're kind of everywhere. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You're everywhere and it's um, you you become hugely influential, obviously, with everything that we talked about in developing the nursery garden and the outdoor spaces so much that... The new addition to the nurse to the back to the garden childcare portfolio, the one that's coming in Lim. Lim, yeah. You're um you're being pulled in to help design the outdoor space mm. for Lim. Yeah. Which is really cool. And yeah. it's intergenerational care space. So we've got the care home for the elderly mm. side by side with the with the childcare mm. centre. So both are running side by side. Can you share anything or is it a secret the things that are going on there it's still it's it's not that it's a, it's a secret it's we, we've not actually had the meeting yet yeah. so i've got some ideas yeah. um but the, which are mainly sort of the, the forest school route and trying to keep the garden areas as natural as possible to so is that you've got a space that where the two generations can mix because again that links straight back to forest school yeah. where the elderly residents will get as much out of it as the little ones and they'll have skills that they can share. And, yeah, just trying to get the two to blend. And what do you think are the benefits of, of that intergenerational, that crossover for both? For both? I for think. both. Um, or what can you imagine them to be? Because I know it's not happened yet. It's mm, all in the future. But what do you kind of hope for? Just that it, it, that they can share experiences that... The, the little ones can learn from the older ones um, and 
and sort of vice versa and give the older ones something to you know, to, you know it's it's a oh we're going out with the with the kids today that'll be so nice yeah. um yeah that that kind of thing just that they can mix it together because with the with elderly and sometimes the elderly in, in care homes their children or grandchildren might live really far mm. away so to be next door to a nursery yeah it's fulfilling a part of them that that is natural at their age to be the elder to be the one that passes on the yeah. stories to be the one that yeah. shares wisdom and and for the children to kind of bring that youthful energy to them which helps keep them yeah yeah youthful and active mm. so yeah it just it just seems so natural mm. and it's kind of going back to the older days the tribal days of mm. these these generations where every generation's important yeah and there's so much value in each generation and what they have to mm. offer. So the fact that you're helping create this incredible outdoor space for them to mix and connect and be in nature, which is so healing yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the big thing is that we just want to get, keep the grounds and the garden as close to how it should be, you know, just keep the trees and... If an area's a bit muddy, then it's a bit muddy. It's yeah. it's a different area. Um, the one thing we do want is a fire pit. Yeah, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, we want a. Fire that's pit. why. That's why I brought up the fire earlier. <laughs> Just yeah. dropping it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fire pit will be really cool. Mm, that's that's what we're hoping for. Um, that'd be good if we yeah. can get a fire pit because that's something that can be shared uh, definitely between the two generations. Sitting around a fire. Yeah. Yeah. Talking, sharing stories. Yeah. It's like ancestor stuff, yeah. like way, yeah. way back, going yeah. back to the old ways. Mm. Um, cooking as well. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it's very, very exciting times at this new space. We're getting close to the end now. So for you and this incredible journey that you've been on and where you're at now, where it all started, for someone out there listening that's maybe interested in pursuing something similar to you, what would be your advice to them? Where should they start? Yeah, what would be your advice? Um, with if they were, if someone was wanting to do the forest school leader training, definitely steer clear of full online training. You don't. You you need to experience it. So you need to go on one where there's um, an initial sort of training course, whether it be over weekends or a week, because you. you uh, if you're reading about it, you don't feel it. So is it it's, it's like yeah, and it's yeah. it's like you, you you sort of make a connection with it. It's yeah, you have to be there and experiencing it. Um, I would say that's that's the big thing really. And if you're thinking, oh, Shala, Shanta, just just do it because you'll yeah. be rewarded. Yeah, yeah, the benefits outweigh any you know not wanting to do it definitely it's really stayed with me what you said about the training where it was quite an intense five days with mm. a lot of things but then the follow-up took you back to each memory you had a kinesthetic yeah memory of each of the things that you learned which felt like you might not remember but then you just yeah you, you did you, you start dragging it back out and yeah. you go oh yeah i remember doing that and it'll be so that's why we covered that yeah bit. so it yeah. Was, felt like a lot of the time it's just an yeah it was time. it was really intense intensive i probably found it quite intense as well because i'd not done anything like that for probably 20 years so yeah it was totally out of my comfort zone and uh yeah it was a bit scary at first but yeah it was so much fun yeah. it was good as a family, do you go off 
do, are you do you do wild holidays and you we yeah we 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 kind of do really in fact with our holiday this year we're going back to um the forest of dean um for a week at october half term we stayed there um five years ago when uh, Millie, our eldest, went to university. She was at Birmingham. So we kind of wanted to be close enough that we could go and see her while we were while we were away. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just absolutely beautiful down there. And it's, it, you, it's you're in the heart of autumn. So every day when you wake up, you open the curtains and the trees are all different colour. So yeah, we do lots of lots of walks and yeah. It's... Must be nice as well for Sally, knowing that you've got all those skills just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and she's she's got Louis as well now. Um, with him being a scout, so yeah, yeah he's so the two of you. Yeah, between us, yeah. yes, between us, we can look after her. So thank you for sharing that for someone out there. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just yeah, do it. Are there any particular books, inspirational people, people maybe that you follow on social media or mentors that you can share that have helped you? There isn't really. Um, it's been more. It was. It was actually it was Sally and Millie more sort of pushing me in the right direction probably more so Millie um because she's she's a primary school teacher she's she's very self-driven so she decided a long time ago when she was still at school that she was going to be a teacher and she was like right so GCSEs A level degree teacher training get a job and she's done it and when I was sort of towing me the idea shall I do it Shanta she was sort of just guiding me in the right direction so nice that 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 your daughter was encouraging you and how yeah. you know how it works both ways yeah so. yeah and i've got had a lot of support from Anne and statham yeah she's been brilliant yeah helping oh, me out with it okay so we're into rapid fire now right oh actually before we do that mm. do you have any tips for parents at home this autumn and winter things that they could maybe do with children in the garden or on walks Maybe just a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, bird feeders. Get some, either make them or there's, there's like loads on, on like pin interest that you can make them out of household things. Um, but yeah, bird bird feeders, that's a good one because especially over winter when food's scarce for the birds. Leaf threading. So go and collect leaves and then thread them onto some string. Leaf animals, another one. You can go out, collect leaves and make animals you know, with stones or basically whatever you find. Yeah, those... They're great. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Just a, off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try them. <laughs> <laughs> so rapid fire now. If money, time and logistics were no object, what would you create for children? Just a huge forest. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. With a fire pit. Yes. What rights should children innately have? I think they should have... Um, a good, positive, well-rounded early years education, which involves things like forest school, wood, the woodshed, um, getting in the garden and learning all those skills before they go to school. Because mm -hmm. once it, and it also it helps them with all to adapt with all the changes that are going to naturally happen as they get older. Mm -hmm. If you can get those foundations in early, then you, you're sort of halfway there. So, so true. Yeah. Yeah, really important. Thank you, that was great. Yeah. And um, final question, but it's not really a question. So finish this sentence. Children are... Boxer surprises. You never quite know what they're going to do next. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much Thanks. for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So um, everything mentioned will link to the show, link in the show notes. And um, yeah, just so grateful. Thank you so no. much because I know you're all. I've been wanting to get somebody from the nursery on for ages. So mm. we have someone in house. We've had the founders. We've had Anne, yeah, our child development specialist. But I wanted to get some of you guys and yeah. it's, I'm just so grateful that you've taken the time to come and chat to me in the studio we're at LBS in real life yeah no it's been having great. a conversation yeah. and it's yeah I've been lovely yeah. and I've really enjoyed no, it th- thanks for having me thank you for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed it please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes or on your podcast app follow back to the garden childcare on Instagram Facebook and Twitter we would love to hear your thoughts on today's subject And for everything mentioned in today's episode, you can head to the show notes at backtothegardenchildcare.com forward slash podcast. And if there's someone you know who would love to hear this episode, share it with them today. Send them a link, screenshot the app, or just chat about it. This podcast is recorded at LBS Studios. Until next time, in the words of Joni Mitchell, we are stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. (laughs) 